This is Tina Douglas, and you're listening to the Liam Photography Podcast with your host, my husband, Liam Douglas. Enjoy! Greetings, everybody. You're listening to the Liam Photography Podcast. I'm your host, Liam Douglas, and this is episode 142. So, as usual for Sunday's episode, this is for Sunday, March 28th, 2021. I am covering the latest news and rumors roundup from the Big Four camera rumor sites of Canon rumors, Nikon rumors, Fuji rumors, and Sony Alpha rumors. So let's head on over to Canon Rumors and see what they have for us this week. Let's do this! First up, Canon to release a 100 megapixel EOS R system camera next year. This is a CR2, which is a fairly credible rumor. The rumors about a high megapixel EOS R5 have been around since the release of the camera. Most of us have reported a Canon camera with an 80 megapixel image sensor, but by the sounds of it, Canon will take the resolution much higher. A solid source has told me that Canon hasn't yet internally decided on which image sensor will come in the new high megapixel RF mount camera. This camera will replace the equally loved and hated EOS 5DS and 5DSR. Apparently, the goal now is to be north of 100 megapixels to provide even more separation between the EOS R5's 45 megapixel and the new high megapixel sensor. The same source also mentions that it's not simply going to be an EOS R5 body with a higher resolution sensor, but a camera geared towards landscape and studio photographers. What that means ergonomically, I'm not sure, but guaranteed there will be more to come. So this is definitely some exciting news. And if you remember in some past episodes where I've talked about the high megapixel mirrorless replacement for the 5DS and SR, I talked about the possibility that Canon could go as high as 100 megapixels. Remember, Canon did perfect a 100 megapixel sensor a few years back and patented it. And then they hadn't done anything with it yet. So maybe they were holding on to it to put in this new high megapixel camera that's going to replace the EOS 5DS and SR. Now, for me, uh, it's a little bit of a bummer that it's going to be another year yet before they announce this camera. I was hoping it was going to be one of the bodies they released in 2021, especially being we're still at the beginning of the year in the first quarter. But it looks like it's not going to happen this year, so we'll just have to wait and see if they're really going to go 100 megapixels or not. I kind of hope they do. That would be fantastic. And that would absolutely make for a fantastic landscape as well as studio portrait lens or even a product camera in studio, you know, for shooting product images of watches and other types of jewelry and other fine detailed items like that. A 100 megapixel sensor would be extremely handy. So this is going to be some news to keep an eye on the rumors about this new high megapixel camera. And as always, I forgot to mention it when I started the intro for this episode, all of the links to these news and rumor articles, of course, you can find in the show notes at liamphotographypodcast.com. 
Next up, patent for a Canon RF 12mm f2.8, an RF 14mm f2.8, and an RF 20mm f2.8. A new optical formula patent showing off some ultra-wide prime lenses for the RF mount has been uncovered by Canon News. An ultra-wide prime lens would obviously be a big seller for Canon, and I expect we'll see this missing lens for the RF lineup sometime in the next year or so. First up, we have the Canon RF 12mm f2.8, focal length 12.35mm, f number 2.88, Half angle of view, 60.28 degrees. Image height, 21.64 millimeters, which will be the same for all of them. That's full frame. Uh, lens total length, 80.22 80 millimeters, and a back focus of 16.54 millimeters. Next, we have the Canon RF 14 millimeter f2.8, focal length, 14.42 millimeters. F number, 2.88. Half angle of view, 56.32 degrees. Lens total length, 91.61 millimeters, and a back focus of 17.29 millimeters. And last but not least, a Canon RF 20 millimeter F2.8, focal length, 19.48 millimeters, F number 2.88, half angle of view, 48.02 degrees, total lens length, 90.74 millimeters, and a back focus of 19.35. Now, for me, this is definitely some exciting news, uh, especially if these are not going to be L lenses. I really I really hope these are going to be like the Gold Band series lenses because they'll be considerably more affordable, and I would absolutely love for my real estate work to be able to get an RF 12 millimeter uh, Canon lens. I currently use the 14 millimeter Rokinon lens, f2.8 for my real estate work because it's currently the widest lens I can get in the native RF mount. So if I could get a Canon 12 millimeter that's a fairly compact and lightweight lens and it's not an L lens where it's going to be ridiculously expensive, that is absolutely something that I would be interested in. I would pass, of course, on the RF 14 millimeter 2.8 since I already have one from Rokinon, and I probably wouldn't have any need for the 20 millimeter either. Just the 12 would be all that I would need for the work that I do, and I would be happy with that. Next up, patent for Canon RF 100mm f2.8 LIS USM macro 1-1.4 times. Canon News has uncovered a patent for a Canon RF 100mm f2.8 LIS USM macro 1-1.4 times. A macro for the RF system is already long overdue, and I expect that we'll see one announced sometime this year. The cool thing about this patent is that it has a 1-1.4 0.4 times macro capability, unlike the current version, which is one-to-one. -one. Below are the two embodiments of the In Japan patent application, 2021-047297. The second one is a bit confusing as the aperture increases as the magnification increases. Does this mean that it's an F1.4 optical design? Only time will tell. So first up, we have the Canon RF 100mm f2.8 LISUSM macro 1-1.4x. Shooting magnification uh, minus 100E-06-5 0.5-1.4. Focal length 100.81 millimeters, 65.87 millimeters, and 36.01 millimeters. F number of 2.92, 4.49, and 6.64. And 
and the image height is the normal 2164. Lens total length 162.37 millimeters with a back focus of 14.66. Now the second one is for a Canon RF 100mm f1.4 LIS USM macro. Shooting magnification uh, minus 1.00E-06-0.5-1.5. Dash 1.4 focal length 103.01 millimeters, 67.67 millimeters, and 37.04 millimeters. F number is 3.04, 2.6, and 1.45. Lens total length 141.34 millimeters and a back focus of 14.70 millimeters. For me, this is exciting news because I've been waiting for Canon to release a 100mm L macro lens to replace the EF mount one that I used to have that I've long since traded in towards my medium format gear. So it would be nice to see Canon announce this lens at some point this year. Hopefully it's one of the many lenses that they're planning on throwing at us this year, but we'll have to sit back and wait and see. But I am keeping my fingers crossed on that one because it's a lens I would like to add back into my kit. Next up, Sigma announces the Sigma FPL, the world's smallest and lightest single lens mirrorless camera. Rokohama, New York. Uh, Ron Kahama, New York. I hope I pronounced that right. Today, Sigma Corporation introduced the Sigma FPL, the world's smallest and lightest 61 megapixel full frame mirrorless camera. Built with the same dimensions and rigorous attention to detail as the currently available Sigma FP, this new camera offers a high resolution image sensor, an improved hybrid autofocus system, continuous power capability, and several additional in-camera features that make it an exceptional tool for demanding photographers and video creators. Quote, the Sigma FP is one of the most innovative cameras available today, and the new FPL brings even more to the table, says Sigma America President Mark Amir Hamza. I don't know if I pronounced that right. If I didn't, Mark, I apologize. Quote, it offers incredibly high resolution in an extremely small body, compatibility with an extensive library of lenses, limitless customization ability, and the rock-solid build quality that professionals have come to expect from Sigma. You can pre-order the Sigma FPL at Adorama for $2,499. And I'm not going to read all of this from the press release because it's fairly lengthy. But like I said, you'll be able to find this article in the show notes and check it out for yourself. Next up, Canon joins forces with the Japanese government and others for advanced chip making production. Canon has partnered with Tokyo Electron and Screen Semiconductor Solutions to develop advanced chip-making production technology with support from the Japanese government, according to a report by Nikkei Asia. The 386 mil, uh, million U.S. dollar funding from the Japanese government is through the National Institute of Advanced Industrial Science and Technology, along with the Ministry of Economy, Trade, and Industry. Japan's semiconductor production industry has lost ground in recent years to Taiwanese chipmakers and companies like Intel. The goal is to develop and implement a 2 nanometer or smaller process for chips by the mid-2020s. Wow, that's incredible and it's highly, highly, uh, uh, what do I want to say, uh, uh, that's a lofty goal to reach 2 nanometers, but... I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, as we're going forward, the chips keep getting thinner and thinner. 
two nanometers is ridiculously thin, but uh, we'll have to see if that's actually going to happen or not. But I would not be all that shocked. I mean, at the point we're going now with, uh, you know, like I said, with chips getting thinner and thinner every so many years, it's only a matter of time before the darn things are going to be about as thin as a piece of scotch tape. Uh, and how they're going to dissipate heat and all that good stuff with something that thin, I don't know. I mean, maybe it'll be easier because the chip will be so thin. Um, it'll be easier to cool it. I don't know. I guess we'll have to wait and see. But that is definitely interesting. Two nanometers. That's crazy thin. And last but not least for Canon rumors for this week, Canon to release the XF505 in the second half of 2021. This is a CR3, which means pretty much all but confirmed officially by Canon. It looks like NAB 2021 is going to be a big show for Canon, as they will be releasing a bunch of new SIN lenses, possibly the Canon EOS R5C, and now we have been told that Canon will release the Canon XF505. The 505 will sit between the XF405 and the 705 in the lineup. This camera has been rumored for quite some time and below is the rumored specifications. Same one-inch sensor as the XF705, 12G-SDI output and SD cards, an integrated zoom lens with 15 times zoom, and using the BP-A battery. So this is definitely uh, a bit of interesting news. It will be exciting to see if this new cinema camera is released and if Canon really does release this EOS R5C, which sounds like they're going to. So Canon is definitely not wasting any time plowing ahead with their R-body production and their cinema camera productions. And this is one of the reasons why Canon is still the king in the worldwide camera industry with still having 45% of the global market share compared to Sony's 20% and Nikon's 18%. So we will have to wait and see if these announcements do happen at NAB 2021, but it looks like there's a very strong probability on that. Okay, and now we're going to head on over to Nikon rumors for this week. First up, new data, total number of Canon, Sony, and Nikon cameras produced in 2020. The Japanese uh, Saki Biz, which is translated, published some new data on the total number of cameras produced in 2020. According to the Japanese research firm TechnoSystem, Sony produced 1.15 million mirrorless cameras in 2020. Canon is second with 1.05 million cameras, followed by Nikon with 250,000 cameras, out of a total of 3.26 million mirrorless cameras produced in 2020. Out of the total of 2.39 million DSLR cameras produced in 2020, Canon had 1.71 million and Nikon had 650,000. According to the Camera and Imaging Products Association, or SEPA, worldwide shipments of mirrorless cameras in 2020 decreased by 25.9% from the previous year to 2.93 million units. The number of DSLR cameras was 2.37 million, down 47.3%. When we talk about the overall number of cameras produced, all of the sudden Fujifilm and Olympus all of a sudden Fujifilm and Olympus completely disappear from the big picture, which confirms that the BCN ranking doesn't really mean anything. 
And that is it for that article. We'll have to wait and see. But like I said, I'm not surprised, and it doesn't shock me at all that Sony is leading in the production of mirrorless cameras. After all, they've been making them for quite a bit longer than Canon or Nikon. But as you see from this article, Canon's not far behind in the number of cameras they produced mirrorless last year. And Canon is still crushing Nikon when it comes to DSLR cameras. So... What that's going to bode for Nikon, I guess we're going to have to wait and see. But it does make me nervous because Nikon seems to be losing more and more ground every month. Next up, Topaz Labs released Denoise AI version 3.0.2. Topaz Labs released a new version of 3.0.2 of Denoise AI with several improvements. See the details in the accompanying link. Denoise AI software is used for eliminating noise and recovering details. You can use coupon code RUMORS15 for an additional 15% off on all Topaz Lab products. And that is it for that article. Next up, new Nikon ENEL18D battery registered in Russia. If you remember my rumored Nikon Z9 mirrorless camera specifications, I did mention that there will be a new Nikon EN-EL18X battery. Nokashida just reported that Nikon recently registered a new not-yet-released ENEL18D battery in Russia, and my guess is that this will be the battery used in the upcoming Z9 professional mirrorless camera. So stay tuned for more details in the future on this particular story. I'm hoping that, as I predicted, that new battery will be one of the large batteries like Nikon has famously used in their D-series flagship DSLRs, and that Canon is going to do the same thing in their flagship EOS R1 mirrorless body. Next up, Tom Hogan explains how stupid it is to draw conclusions from the BCN ranking numbers. BCN ranking, just like Amazon's best-selling camera rankings, are useless to draw conclusions about which brand is doing better, and yet certain fanboys are still using them to create clickbait blog posts. But don't listen to me, just go and read Tom's latest article, quote, why I don't put much credence in BCN market share numbers, end quote. Here are a few quotes. The oft-repeated BCN plus R mirrorless numbers for retailers in Japan basically says this. Sony is in first place, then Canon, Fujifilm, OM Digital Solutions with Nikon and Panasonic nowhere to be found since BCN doesn't report out more than the top group. Thus, the oft-repeated Nikon is failing chant from the disinformation crowd. No, Nikon is mostly doing something different, whether that has... Uh, that is wise or not is open to debate. The corollary to all the Nikon is failing chance is a similar only Sony can succeed claim. Those phrases are often used together in the same post or comment. Unfortunately, this is incorrect logic. My point, though, is simple. Nikon doesn't have to fail for Sony to succeed, so stop showing 
your low self-esteem, Sony fanboys. Nor does Sony's success mean Nikon's failure. And I do agree with him 100%. Like I said, Nikon is still in a rough patch. They're in a rough place right now. And it's because they're struggling to innovate with their mirrorless bodies. They haven't been able to pour the money into research and development that both Canon and Sony can because Canon and Sony have much more diverse product portfolios and revenue streams, so they have more money they can spend on research and development. Now, Nikon is trying to turn it around. They've been restructuring their company, and I wish them much success in that because, as I've said many times, I don't want to see Nikon go away. They've been around for over 100 years, just like Canon, and I would like to see them continue to thrive. But they really have to get on the stick with innovating for their future cameras if they're going to stay relevant and competitive with Canon and Sony. That's just the nature of the beast. Canon and Sony are just going all out. They're, they're, they're moving at like warp 10. And right now, Nikon's moving at like warp 2. So they really, really need to get on the stick. Next up, Nikon CFO, at least 12 new lenses planned for the next 12 months. In a recent interview with the Japanese Nikkei, Nikon CFO uh, Manuki Taku, uh, Takunari, I'm not sure if I pronounced that right, sir, and if I didn't, I apologize, confirmed that at least 12 new lenses are planned for the next fiscal our next financial year april 2021 to march 2022 the full nikkei article is behind a paywall but here is a recap from another japanese website quote according to the article the camera business is in the red in the current fiscal year ending march 2021 but it is aiming for a surplus in the next fiscal year ending march 2022 i'm assuming it says ending march 2020 or 2010 which has got to be a typo. Since we recorded the equipment of the factory at as an impairment loss in the current fiscal year, it seems that the cost authorization burden will be reduced in the next fiscal year, and will be an easy uh, will be easy to become profitable. It seems that Nikon is making various efforts to streamline its management and strive to be. Uh, able to generate profits even if sales are low. Regardless, new products for cameras and lenses, new models will be released next year, and it seems that there is a possibility that at least 12 lenses will be released. You can see that from the increase from 18 to 30. Uh, Nikon currently has a total of 27 Nikkor Z lenses on their roadmap, not counting teleconverters. 11 of them are not yet announced or revealed, so I guess we can assume that all mirrorless lenses on the Z roadmap will be released in the next 12 months, plus at least one extra F-mount lens? Yeah, maybe, but we'll have to wait and see. And last up from Nikon rumors for this week, update the Nikon AFS Nikkor 500mm F5.6 E PF ED VR alphabet lens, alphabet soup lens, is not discontinued. A quick, quick update on my post from last week, this Nikon lens is not discontinued. The previous response by Nikon UK support was a mistake. The lens is just out of stock, which has been the case since pretty much the lens was introduced back in 2018. Check Nikon 500mm f5.6 PF lens availability at Adorama, B&H, Amazon US, Amazon Canada, Wex, Park Camera, Calumet, and Camera 
Canada. All right, so that's going to wrap up Nikon Rumors for this week. I'm going to take a quick break, and then I'll be back with you for Fuji Rumors and Sony Alpha Rumors. We hope you're enjoying this edition of the Liam Photography Podcast. The best way to support the show is to subscribe in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or anywhere else that you get your podcasts. If you want to leave comments or suggestions for future episodes, you can call or text the show at area code 470-294-8191. And you can email the show at liam at liamphotographypodcast.com. You can find the show notes and links at liamphotographypodcast.com. And you can tweet the show at liamphotoatl using the hashtag liamphotopodcast. And now back to the show. And we're back. All right, so let's head on over for to Fuji Rumors for this week and see what he has for us. First up, Laua Argus CF 33mm F0.95 sample photos in hands-on images. Additional photos of the upcoming Alawa Argus 33mm F0.95 and sample images have leaked at a Chinese website. We have covered this lens in the past with some accompanying articles that you can find in the show notes from this article. Specs leaked so far, the Argus 33mm F0.95 APS-C lens, low breathing effect, low dispersion, infinite aperture design, minimum focusing distance of 35 centimeters, filter size is 62mm, size is 71.5 by 83mm, Weight is 590 grams. It'll be available in a Sony E, Fuji X, Nikon Z, and Canon RF, as well as EFM mount versions. Price to be, is said to be less than 3,500 CNY, which is $540 US. Lawa lenses for Fujifilm X and GFX can be found at Venus Optics, B&H Photo, and Amazon US. Now, these images for this lens are interesting. Uh, there's some great images in this article that you can check out, sample images, and they do look fabulous. This lens looks absolutely gorgeous, and I have a feeling it'll probably be a popular lens uh, for those that are shooting APS-C. Next up, X-Series Origin, secret development story of a Fujifilm X-Series to celebrate 10th anniversary Fujifilm X-Lab. The Fujifilm X-Series turned 10 years old on September 2020. Now, in its latest Fujifilm X-Lab episode, Fujifilm managers and engineers unveil what they call the secret development story of the Fujifilm X-Series and how it all started with the original Fujifilm X100. Once again, it's in Japanese, and this time there is not even the automatic Google translation tool activated to help us. However, I contacted a Japanese-speaking Fuji Rumors reader who was extremely kind and made a summary for the entire Fuji Rumors community. I know these things take time, so huge thanks to Heiko for the help. Summary topic of this session is the 10-year anniversary of the Fuji X100 series. During development of X100, Fuji wanted to create a digital camera that professionals would enjoy using. At the time, around 2009, compact digital cameras could not produce the quality that compact film cameras could. Digital cameras were thought of as compact and cheap. Idea for X100 was born through desire to create a camera that was uh, more upscale, a quote, brand item. Various feedback suggested this to be a camera that made the user believe it would take good photos. There were larger 
interchangeable lens cameras that could take good photos, but Fuji decided to go the compact route. They wanted to make a camera that they could brag about, and they wanted people to see beyond megapixel numbers. They also wanted to create a camera that you wanted to have with you every day. Class W and GA645 were inspirations. Digital cameras were simply seen as electronics at the time. They, Fuji wanted it to be seen as a precise machine or device. Uh, they tried many different form factors, but ultimately landed on the classic form factor that's used today. Fuji also wanted a camera that had the analog flow for setting the exposure and taking the picture. Design of the X100 was product of materializing everyone's, quote, desire to use. At the time, compact digital cameras got rid of viewfinders, taking pictures with rear LCD. Photographers expressed wanting a viewfinder, but there were issues with EVFs being low resolution and optical finders having parallax error. Ultimately, they were able to pack a 1.44 million dot EVF and develop a one-touch optical EVF switching mechanism, which addressed these hurdles. I particularly liked it when Fujifilm says they wanted to create a camera that makes us, quote, desire to use it. Now, I briefly touched on my photographic gear journey in this previous article from the one experience that convinced me to get rid of my DSLR to my mirrorless journey with Panasonic and Olympus. And to be clear, all those systems offered very nice cameras. But it's only when I stumbled on the Fujifilm X series that my desire to take pictures was elevated to a point where it was not only the result that mattered, but also the process of taking the picture. Damn. It, even just looking at those Fuji cameras, was and still is a pleasure. It's an emotional connection that might be irrational, but nevertheless matters to me. A connection that matters also for one of the greatest journalists of all time, Tiziano uh, Trezzani, when he was using his Leica in his wonderful book, which they uh, also made a movie of, the end, uh, the end is My Beginning. He wrote... Quote, my life changed on the 30th of April, 1975, note last day of the Vietnam War, because on that day when Americans flew from the roofs of Saigon, a skilled Vietnamese thief was able to steal a Leica M3 off an American. I met him at the market of Saigon a few days later and bought that camera. Wonderful, simple for $100. It became the camera of my life. The nice thing of that camera is that it's very easy to load the film. That's very important. You keep it around your neck, turn, open, insert film, close, and trump pump, it's ready to use. Easy. And once you selected shutter speed, aperture, black and white, 400 ASA, you take the picture. You simply cannot do anything wrong. And then there was an almost erotic aspect. I mean, you could put the camera, for example, at one 125th and when you take a picture it makes a clock clock that is such a joy to hear search for the system that is fun to use for you and enjoy the process of taking images just as much as the images themselves and i do have to agree with that article 100 that is the most important thing find the camera system that for you makes it a joy to create your images and you'll always enjoy your photography. Plus, keep doing fresh things so you don't get stuck in a rut like personal projects or something like that. Next up, rumor Fujinon XF18 F1.4 RWR with 62 millimeter filter size. 
March was a month full of exclusive and breaking rumors. The Fujifilm X-H2 will come in 2022. Upcoming Fujinon GF Zoom will be Fujifilm's most affordable G-mount lens to date. Fujinon XF33 F1.4 RWR coming in 2021. The Fujifilm GFX 50S MK2 coming in 2021 with the same 50 megapixel sensor of the GFX 50S. The Fujifilm GFX 50S MK2 more affordable than the GFX 100S. A Lawa 33mm f0.95 to be released late April. And new image. You guys can tell me if you like to have a break from the rumors. Otherwise, I'll just continue, okay? No complaints? Okay, so let's go ahead. Today, we talk about the upcoming Fujinon XF18 F1.4 RWR. The only not-yet-released lens so far that we can find on the official Fujifilm roadmap. Well, we have seen hands-on images of the Fujinon XF18 at the X-Summit of October 2020 in this article. Uh, the accompanying article. Fuji Rumors has also taken the official XF18 1.4 sketch shared by Fujifilm and made a size comparison uh, with the Fujinon XF16 1.4 and the XF23 1.4, which you can see in a related article. From that size comparison, we saw that the size of the XF18 is somewhere in between the one of the XF16 and the XF23. The additional information we got about the XF18 is that it will have a 62mm filter size. As a reference, the XF16 has a 67mm filter size, whereas the XF23 also has a 62mm filter size. So it looks like we have a little bit more information on that upcoming lens. Still no word on when it's going to become officially released. Next up, Fujifilm confirms X-H1 IBIS issues with XF70-300 F4-5.6 and promises firmware update fix shortly. Fujifilm has just confirmed that there's an issue with IBIS on the X-H1 when used with this particular XF70-300 lens. They issued an official note that you can read below promising a firmware update to fix it shortly. Fuji rumors will notify instantly as soon as the firmware is online for you to download. The Fujifilm X-H1 can be purchased at B&H Photo, Amazon US, Adorama, and Focus Camera. The XF70-300 F4-5.6 at B&H Photo, Amazon US, Adorama, Focus Camera, and Moment. So hopefully Fuji will get that firmware update out soon to resolve that issue. Next up, big availability check for Fujifilm GFX 100S, the GF 80mm f1.7, the XE4, the XF70-300, the XF 27mm f2.8 RWR, and accessories. In these days, I get many emails asking when the latest Fujifilm gear will be in stock. Frankly, I don't know the answer. I know the GFX 100S pre-orders are beyond Fujifilm's most forbidden dreams, hence it might take long for Fujifilm to deliver, but I don't have information about the rest of the gear. So what I can do is check when different stores expect to have the latest gear available and what is eventually already in stock. The Fujifilm GFX 100S, B&H Photo says it expects to have it available in April. More precise indications come from Moment, who give the date of April 2nd. Amazon US says it expects to ship in two to five weeks. No other indications at other stores. So overall, I think we can be optimistic that in April, the shipping bottleneck might be finally solved 
unless you guys keep pre-ordering. The Fujinon GF80mm f1.7 Adorama says it's on the way and expects to have it available in a few days. Amazon US expects it in two to four weeks. B&H Photo gives no indication, whereas Moment gives April 2nd as a date. Overall, it seems we can expect stock already by the end of the month and a more substantial stock in the first half of April. For the Fujifilm X-E4, it is mostly available as long as you look for the body-only version. The kit version with the XF27 is not available, and Amazon US gives even one to two months for that combo to be in stock. The Fujinon XF70-300, F4-5.6, Amazon US expects stock on April 5th. Adorama says new fresh samples are now on the way to their warehouse, hence it's only a matter of days. Moment expects stock on March 31st, no indication at B&H Photo. So by the end of March and latest early April, we might find the lens more widely available. And last but not least, the Fujinon XF27 F2.8 RWR, just as with the XF or GFX100S, also for the GF uh, the XF27 millimeter, Fuji has announced delivery delays. It's not widely available yet, but you can find some samples at Adorama here. Amazon US expects stock in one to 54 weeks. Holy cow. B&H Photo does not give any time frame on when it might have it available. Moment expects stock in early. April. So, wow, one to 54 weeks. Amazon's not very confident on how soon they'll be able to offer those on its platform. And last but not least for this week from Fuji Rumors, Fujifilm releases new firmware for the Fujifilm XS10, XE4, and XA7. Fuji has released these new firmwares. The AXS-10 firmware 1.04 is available. The firmware update uh, incorporates the following issues for the case that auto is selected by the mode dial and a face is detected in a dark environment. A setting is changed to avoid a blurry image caused by handshaking and or moving subjects. A camera doesn't recognize an Apple Silicon Mac via USB cable fix of minor bugs. For the XE4 firmware version 1.01, the camera doesn't recognize Apple Silicon Mac via USB cable and fix some minor bugs. And for the XA7 firmware 1.31, played image quality displayed after one for, uh, frame delete is improved, fix of minor bugs. So that is all we have for this week from Fuji Rumors. Although on the note of firmware, I did want to let my listeners know, if you didn't know already, the latest firmware for the GFX50R did just release a couple of days ago. So if you have that camera, go ahead and grab that new firmware version and get it installed on your camera. It does give you some new enhancements as well as some bug fixes. So I highly recommend that you download that bad boy and get it installed on your GFX 50R. And now we head on over to Sony Alpha rumors for this week. First up, Sony A1 shipment delay reason explained in a nutshell. The true reason why you still have to wait to get your Sony A1, and the article has a picture of some container ships and it has an arrow pointing to one of the containers and says Sony A1 cameras. Ah, goodness. I don't know about these people sometimes. Next up, Cool Sigma 28 to 70 millimeter unboxing picks by. Fangiano. 
these are some pictures of this new lens, which is available at B&H Photo for $8.99. It is a gorgeous-looking lens. The pre-orders for the Sigma 28-70 are available at B&H Photo, Adorama, and Focus Camera. And these images were shared of the new 28-70 FE lens. It is a gorgeous-looking lens. It has the lens hood as well as the caps and the box uh, photos included. And it does look like it's going to be a fantastic lens from Sigma, and which is no surprise. When I first started playing around with Sigma lenses, they were super low quality a number of years back. They were, in my opinion, junk lenses. But Sigma has come a long way in their lens quality, as has Tamron. And the two companies now do a pretty good job of giving first-party builders, which is the same companies that make your camera, a run for their money in quality lenses at more affordable prices. Next up, deal of the week, $120 off on the excellent Sigma 16mm f1.4 APS-C E-mount lens sold by Adorama. A great deal on this lens. There are also uh, many 24-hour photo deals at B&H Photo as well. But this one from Adorama is a week-long deal, and I did check it out before I recorded this episode. That price of $319 is still available on that lens. Next up, rumor, is this the new Sony 14mm f1.8 GM lens? Three months ago, I told you Sony might launch a new 16mm f1.8 in 2021. One month ago, the same source told me that Sony actually decided to make it a bit wider at 14mm f1.8. And today, I might have gotten the first evidence that indeed we will get a new 14mm f1.8 lens. Another source sent me two images. The one on top shows the aperture ring of this lens. He also sent me an image sample. I am uh, I will not share right now, but the EXIF data shows this. It says uh, Sony model ILCE-9, and the lens listed as FE 14mm f1.8 GM. I have no info yet about when this lens will be announced. Now, I've warned my listeners before, be very careful with the rumors on Sony Alpha rumors. And again, I'm not trying to be mean to the person that runs this site, but they don't have the greatest track record on rumor accuracy. So that uh, screenshot of the EXIF data could have easily been generated in Photoshop. So just take it with a grain of salt, folks. Next up, Sony produced 1.15 million mirrorless cameras in 2020, beating both Canon and Nikon, which I mentioned in an earlier article. Uh, gross domestic product, 2.36 million units, Sony 1.15, Canon 1.05, Nikon 250,000 in mirrorless. And digital SLRs, gross domestic product, 2.39 million, with Canon at 1.71 and Nikon at 650,000. As you can see, Canon is still ahead of Sony if you count the total DSLR plus mirrorless production. Nikon is the company really struggling at the moment, and I have mentioned that numerous times before, as have many others, keeping our fingers crossed that Nikon will still turn things around. And last up for this week from Sony Alpha Rumors, Curiosity, the Sony A9 just leaked a secret Dutch government document. Funny note, Reuters reports, quote, talks on forming a new Dutch government were put on hold on Thursday when one of the chief negotiators unwittingly revealed a sensitive document to a news photographer while rushing out of parliament after learning she had tested positive for COVID-19. 
Oh, wow, that's crazy. <laughs> uh, you can see the actual photographer showing the leaked document on his Sony A9 at a link that's part of this overall article from Sony Alpha Rumors. Remember to check out the Liam Photography Podcast Facebook group. It is a private group, and you must answer a security question to join, which is the name of the host of the show, myself, Liam. And I've also opened it up to allow you to give the name of a previous guest on the show to show that you are a listener. Once you are in the group, you are free to post your own original work. I'm also the admin of the Fujifilm GFX 50R group, which is the largest group for the 50R on Facebook. If you own or plan to own the 50R, you can request to join that group, but you do have to answer two security questions to join that group. You can find my work at liamphotography.net and follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at liamphotoatl. If you like abandoned buildings and history, you can find my projects at forgottenpiecesofgeorgia.com and forgottenpiecesofpennsylvania.com. All right, so that is going to wrap this week's news and rumors episode for the Liam Photography Podcast. I want to thank all of my listeners for taking the time to listen to the show every week. This wraps up episode 142. I also wanted to remind you that if you'd like to pick up a copy of my first book, The Forgotten Pieces of Georgia, The Northwest Counties, you can get a signed copy at liamphotography.net online store, or you can get an unsigned copy from uh, amazon.com and barnesandnoble.com, not Adorama, I apologize. Also, be sure to stop by on YouTube and check out the Liam Photography YouTube channel, as well as the project channels on YouTube for Forgotten Pieces of Georgia and forgotten pieces of pennsylvania do me a favor be kind enough to watch the videos hit like subscribe share the videos out hit the little bell icon so you can be notified as each new video drops and i will see you all again on thursday